they met up for one like one quick little hour long date and then the next day they met up for another date and after that they were like are we gonna do this and then they were like yeah and i was like wow imagine it being that easy are you kidding so that made me really depressed um (laughs) don't even get me started like seriously what the fuck I will talk to a guy for literally a month and they'll be like, yeah, I'm not trying to be in a relationship. Okay, (laughs) fuck you. Y'all ready for a mini-sode? Yeah, this is pretty mini. I was thinking, um, like, when, because I was like, oh yeah, we're recording this week. We said last week we were going to, but we weren't sure. I was like, honestly, we could have also like not recorded and there's not much. No, it's okay. I think, you know, I think they're due for one that's less than an hour. It's been a minute. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, looking upon this outline, there's not much, but that's nope. okay. Uh, you were in Wisconsin. I am in Wisconsin. Oh, I love it. Really? How's it going? No, it's really cold. It's really oh. cold. It's freezing. Living in D.C. has seriously turned me into such a baby because I'm freaking freezing. I mean, it is also just freezing. It's cold. <laughs> How cold is it there right now? Um, Let me see. I'm going to guess Um, it's uh, between 10 and 20 degrees. Oh, <laughs> oh 18. Ew, that's disgusting. <laughs> I know. Well, wait, you want to hear the uh, the temperature for the rest of the week? I do because I have interesting news in terms of our weather for this weekend. I don't know if you Ooh, looked, but okay, I haven't looked, so I'm excited. Okay, so actually, we're supposed to be getting a big snowstorm tonight and all day tomorrow. So, woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Friday, it's going to be a high of two. <laughs> <laughs> wait, a high of two on Friday? Uh, Saturday, oh. a high of seven. Oh no! Sunday, a high of eight. and then monday it'll go back up to 14 degrees Uh, oh no yeah i'm actually happy so this no the and it's interesting that the warmest day is this the day that it snows which i feel like it always happens when it snows here it doesn't like get cold it like gets warmer um but they were being so dramatic on the news yesterday they were saying that there was going to be like this crazy snowstorm we were going to get like two feet of snow between thursday and friday and it was going to be crazy and now i think it's just going to be like six inches all day thursday and then friday it's just going to be cold so that makes me feel a little bit better um interesting but i haven't even looked at what dc is going to be like or i guess um <laughs> yeah the D- dc area well i can tell you this is 100 percent going to be the coldest weekend we've had in a very very long time Saturday is a low of nine degrees, (laughs) which it never gets that cold here. Well, wait, and it's a high of 21 and then Sunday is a low of 15, high of 27. It never gets that cold. And I'm going to be out in Denton. (laughs) So my bone, well, actually I was going to say my bones are going to be clattering because it's always colder on the Eastern shore, but it might. Might not be because, of course, as you know, Debs has that really intense uh, wood stove that heats up the mm-hmm. whole house, makes it kind of yeah, hot. Yeah, really nice. Actually, you didn't 
really experienced that when you came, but um, when Nick on. and I went, yeah, it was on. But when Nick and I went a couple weekends ago, it was on in full force, and we were like, "Can you please turn that off? We're sweating." <laughs> There's like no middle ground with that thing. But yeah, it's gonna be quite cold. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to that for you. And I just came back from Detroit where it was also quite cold. Yeah. But manageable. It was like high 20s. I feel like, yeah, once you get past, um, once you're like east of Lake Michigan, it's actually not too bad, like cold wise. Like even Morgan in Ohio has not really experienced like anything as cold as we have here in Wisconsin. Mm. Well, I feel like the weather in Ohio is usually the same as D.C. Oh, interesting. And you said that you might be cutting your trip short if there's a blizzard or a storm early January, you said? Yeah, we'll see. TBD, though. I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm trying to keep my options open because, yeah, the weather's so unpredictable and I don't want to drive in the snow. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but you're not bored yet? Um, I'm a little bored. I'm not going to lie. Ooh. Even but... with that Star Wars games daddy bought you? Yeah, I've been playing it, but then I'm like, okay, I want to play some. I want to do something else. <laughs> I did all play right, a little bit right. yesterday, though. Mm-hmm. Wow, how fun! Did you beat that level yet? No, now I'm like, uh, I'm salty because I, I was playing it like I thought they were just gonna let me win. Like that's how the story goes. You win, and then Anakin's free. So I was like, okay, and then it was like, oh, you try again. I was like, try again. <laughs> wait question did they let you jump around films or do you have to go in order no you have to go in order oh so you're actually stuck mm-hmm. well you just need to get good shut up or I, mean, I can do I it for you to understand how to play well that too <laughs> <laughs> for reference we're talking about lego star wars the skywalker saga you guys mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm in playing uh episode one chap uh what Ap- episode one the phantom menace where um, Qui Gon, Obi Wan, Padme—they're all trying to get Anakin to race his way to freedom. <laughs> to freedom! <laughs> and apparently, I lost the race. I didn't even know that was possible. I thought this is why I play Lego games because they're easy. <laughs> this is not easy. She's struggling with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's like a real game. I'm like, whoa, whoa, you guys, calm down. <laughs> but it's really fun. Oh, good. I hope I get it soon so I can also play. Fingers crossed. Anyway, should we get into everything, which is not a lot, but still, should we get into it? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so the news segment is going to be dominated by our least favorite individual, Elon Musk. Oh, my God. Because that's there really hasn't been a lot happening, and he's been picking up the slack <laughs> with the dead air. So on <laughs> Thursday, he decided to ban a bunch of journalist accounts and they were journalists from outlets like CNN and the New York, the New York Times and the Post, the Washington Post, and Mashable and a couple of other ones. But those are the big ones. And in a series of tweets, he was claiming that these journalists violated the doxing policy. And for those of you who don't know, doxing is when someone just drops someone's address or like calls the cops on their address or like SWAT team. I don't know. Sometimes it gets very intense, but it's a big no-no. So he claims that this is what they did, and they shared his, quote, exact real-time location, and he described it in a tweet as his assassination coordinates, which is just so dramatic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nobody cares about you that much. Jesus yeah. Christ. 
and so he he banned these accounts um uh, for those reasons as he claims although the story from cnn did the research and none of these journalists shared his precise real-time location so we can assume that they were banned for other reasons, uh, even though he right. claims to be committed to free speech, which we know is of incorrect. Of course, we know at this point he's not. Yeah, but it's funny because uh, you'll see this again in a moment. He reinstated them a couple of days later after the results of a Twitter user poll that he put oh up. God. Uh, so annoying. I believe 57% of people on that poll said that he should reinstate them immediately. So he did, although just 57% is a little troubling. Uh, so yeah, they're back up there now, but that was an interesting little uh, event. And like, as I alluded to another big development that was dictated by a Twitter poll that he put up happened yesterday and he confirmed that he will be stepping down as the company CEO, but only when he identifies a good successor. Uh, and this was after he put up a poll that basically said like, should I step down as CEO of Twitter? And 50, again, 57% of people said that he should resign. Uh, he also suggested that future Twitter polls would be restricted to the Twitter blue people. So like the, the yeah, because somebody pay. replied, they were like, oh, only people that have, are subscribed to Twitter blue should be able to vote in polls because we actually have skin in the game. And he was like, wow, you're right. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> it's just all very silly. Like he's making these big business decisions and whatnot based on polls because he's like big pick me energy he needs everyone Basically. to like him yeah so i'm actually very doubtful that this is even going to come to fruition at all i just don't think i just can't imagine him stepping down because of a poll or I for know. any reason really well yeah and another thing that just happened in like the last day was that twitter announced this policy have you seen this policy where they that they uh, were going to ban users for sharing links to other social media accounts. No. So Really? So this happened and it turned around literally within less than 12 hours. Uh, so they announced this policy that they were going to ban people for sharing links to other social media accounts or having link trees in their bios. Like you can't do that. And it immediately got like turned around like they deleted the tweet with the new policy announcement took it down from their website because apparently somebody pointed out that this was illegal in the european union <laughs> well like why i knew that there was know, drama with so mastodon dumb. but like you can't who cares uh, yeah Ugh. very silly but i also saw this interesting this isn't on the outline but i saw this interesting story on variety that i could only read like the first three paragraphs of because it was part of their it's like billboard there behind the paywall, <laughs> the paywall situation i think they call it like vip plus um oh. but it was basically saying like you know everyone's bemoaning twitter but not a lot of people are actually leaving no well, you know at nick bailey still on the i mean platform. why would i leave it's fun it's not the people that are ruining it it's elon musk that's ruining it yeah he needs to leave no i'm not necessarily expecting people to leave but it is just interesting that that they're having so many issues, but the user base isn't really affected. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that's what's frustrating so. too, is that like they know they can do whatever they want to us and we're not going to leave. Well, I think it's because Twitter is segmented into, you know, it's little pockets. You have like liberal 
Twitter, like Gen Z Twitter, that sort of situation, which is completely separate from crackpot conservative right wing Twitter. <laughs> you know, black Twitter is still a thing. So I think because it's so segmented and you can like remain in your bubble, so to speak, mm-hmm. the echo chamber. I, I think maybe that's why no one's necessarily leaving. I think maybe if he started actually charging people to use Twitter, which I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that happens, maybe then you'll ass. see some actual user breakdown. But yeah, that, exactly. He's going to need money soon. And the Tesla stock is also dropping. Like Yeah, because his car set on fire. <laughs> yeah. No, Nick's been showing me a bunch of TikToks of how Tesla cars are actually really cheaply made. They're so bad. How they're overpriced. They literally fall apart. Yeah. So it's a good metaphor for Elon Musk and his career, I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But anyway, that's the end of the news. Like I said, Twitter dominated. Dry ass but week. But it's a very dry. That's this is why we're not even going to record next week because it's going to be the week between holidays. I nothing's going to happen. And if it does, no. if it does, will we'll tweet about words. it. Well, no, not tweet about <laughs> it. We don't even have a Twitter account. We should though. We'll post about it on our gram. Yeah. But anyway, you want to take us away with your one music story? I have one music story. I know. I Seriously, you guys, I scoured Billboard this week, and I was like, this is the only thing that's incredibly (laughs) notable this week, (laughs) which, I mean, SZA deserves the spotlight. Okay. So two, actually, this is kind of like a two-in-one little chart story for you. Um, SZA debuted all 20 songs from her new album, SOS, on the Hot 100, which is actually a really big deal. Um, sorry, I don't know the exact fact, but I believe she is one of like the first or the few black women to debut 20 songs on the Hot 100 at once. And her and Taylor Swift are like the only people from this year that have debuted a full album on the Hot 100. So. And Beyonce. I thought there was more than 20 songs. I thought there was more than 20 songs. Um, or 23. Are they talking about the ones that Oh, sorry. Singles? She debuts 20 songs. That's not all 20. Sorry. Wow. There's more than 20 on the album. Sorry, I know. I'm a mess. I'm also sick. Or I was sick. I'm getting over it. So. Oh, that's right. You do sound a little sicky still. <laughs> okay. Uh... I haven't heard your voice in like a week. So You miss me? <laughs> I do, actually. I'm very sad that I won't be able to see you in the flesh for weeks well depending on when you decide to come back we're struggling we're struggling okay sorry you guys let me get back on it the story is SZA debuts <laughs> 20 songs from SOS on the Hot 100 and she rules the artist 100 for the first time ever good for her wow, and and she gets her first number one on the hot or on the Billboard 200 this is her first number one album good for her so did wow. you see that clip of I don't even know why they were filming or who was filming but when she was at snl and she got news from the label that they wanted to push her album again and someone was filming got her reaction did you see this no you should look it up i I, maybe it was someone from her team i still don't know why they were filming but she was getting really upset because apparently she just uh, maybe but she was upset because of course the label has been fucking with her for a long time yeah as they do with lots of artists so yeah, well, that's what she told Billboard when she did the cover story and like announced the album. She was worried that they were not going to make the deadline that she had wanted because of all the just like red tape that comes with releasing an album. Boo, labels. 
I know. Fuck labels. Like, Y'all be doing black women dirty too. I haven't heard a single artist that has anything positive to say about a label. So there you go. <laughs> and that's all I had for music. Sorry. Wow. Okay. We'll get ready for an also incredibly <laughs> brief entertainment segment. So first of all, we gotta talk about that Barbie movie teaser. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It was very brief for those of you who haven't seen it. In fact, most of it besides four shots is just a series. I'm sure this won't even be an actual film. Uh, a 2001 no. a Space Odyssey reference about how like for the longest time there were dolls and then there was Barbie and you see Margot Robbie appear as a giantess and she takes her sunglasses off and she gives a wink and then we see four shots from the actual film but they are a glorious four shots mm-hmm. and we get to see Simu Liu yes but so I most cute. I was most excited for the first have the actual shots from the film which is her looking out upon Barbie land because I think that confirms that this is going to be a film just taking place like in the Barbie universe and not some stupid like oh they come to life <laughs> or something and I love the like it's very camp and I love that like the, it's very, the yeah. shot of the landscape and all the buildings look like actual like Barbie dream houses and whatnot it's pretty much exactly what I wanted and I know it's only four shots amounting to like five seconds, but I'm very excited to see more. I'm excited too. And I was, and I, I loved that they put Margot Robbie in the like OG Barbie swimsuit. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that look. It's classic. And she looks so good in it. Like she looks really good as Barbie. So I'm excited. Yes. And I've told you this before. I feel like Margot Robbie is plays the same character all the time so i'm really excited to see her in this movie because i'm sick of her just seeing her as the same person yeah although i do wonder because i feel like in all of her american or when she's when she's playing an american character we've talked about this she does that like really intense like new york accent yeah it's like shut up and i hope she doesn't do that for barbie because it's getting a little i can't imagine her doing that for barbie that would be insane Barbie yeah. is not from New York. <laughs> I know. I Because she's done it for Wolf of Wall Street. Anytime she's played Harley Quinn, she did it. She's doing it for Babylon, the new film that's coming out. And it's tired. So please do like no, a that's what I'm girl saying. thing. Like she's the same. It's the same character every time. Like, please. Yeah. Please stop. <laughs> Ugh, I wonder if like when she learned to, her like American accent, if like that's how she if that's how they taught her to do it. Oh my god, that Maybe. would be <laughs> I don't know. Like Valley Girl would be best. I mean, that's Barbie right yeah. there. So. Oh, totally. Oh my god, imagine they start Barbie and she's like, "Do you have a black puffer jacket?" <laughs> <laughs> she would say, "Do you have a pink puffer jacket?" I would literally walk out of the theater if I hear that fucking New York accent one more time. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> This is we're we're done. We're done. That's enough. <laughs> you think she's gonna talk like Big Frieda or something? <laughs> yeah. <Man doll. laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm worried about it. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait till the next full trailer to actually hear her speak or anyone speak for that matter. Uh, I want confirmation on this. I could not find it, but the narration over like the 2001 reference sounded like Helen Mirren. Oh, that'd be cool if they got her to like narrate. I don't know. Anyway, that's that. We're very excited. 
Next, I have a couple of bits of Avatar Way of Water related Wait, when news are you for you. Avatar? I am seeing that tonight. I am seeing that tonight. Uh, oh my god! In IMAX 3D, Nick texted me earlier and asked me if I was excited, and I said, "You know, I'm not excited at all for like the film <sighs> itself, so to speak." Really? But I am incredibly excited because I know I'm in for an audiovisual feast. Uh, I I've talked before about seeing the re-release in IMAX 3D. And that yeah. was really fun. It was so much more fun than I expected. And I, I never got to see the original in IMAX 3D. And it was just a time. And it was very engrossing from a visual aspect. So I'm very excited for that. But like the story, I don't really care about. I feel like the story is going to be mediocre like the first one. But Oh, really? I, I've, well, okay, let me, hear, let, me, let me say this. I've been seeing a lot of people say that it was really good, but I don't know if the people that have been saying that are like credible sources. You know how there's uh, like we talk about the people that go and think every movie is good. Yeah. Um, most Americans. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like those are the people that are saying it's really, really good. But so I we'll, don't see. Know. we'll see. I'm open to being wowed. I'm open to being wowed. But yes, I'm seeing that tonight and I will talk about it. Oh, I won't talk about it next week if we're not recording. Um. You'll have I to write, talk, write down sure your I thoughts in a little journal. Okay. Or yeah, do a little I'll... voice note to yourself so you don't forget your immediate thoughts. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'll make sure I talk about it in some I way. I am right. But anyway, um, on to this really hilarious story. So if, if you guys don't know, Edie Falco <laughs> is in this movie, and she was doing an interview on The View, and she revealed that she shot her scenes for the film over four years ago and so much time has gone past that she just assumed that the movie came out and it didn't perform well <laughs> and then she's like oh <laughs> someone told me it's coming out and i was like oh okay and that's so oh funny God, to me. that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> she shot pre-pandemic for avatar she way was... of water <laughs> like way pre-pandemic Wait, she was but like, she wow shot... that movie must have tanked <laughs> she shot before pre, you and i met each other before the pandemic yeah isn't that crazy pre Zach and Ely that's crazy <laughs> that's awful. I just love that when she when she comes on screen tonight I'll just point I'll be like you're gonna be like oh that footage is four years old <laughs> like old and then also uh, I didn't know about this but the story helped me learn about it Apparently last year, Matt Damon had a little viral moment because at the Cannes Film Festival, he revealed that James Cameron wanted him to star in the original film, but also was offering him a deal to get 10% of box office profits. Oh my and God, of course, imagine. Yeah, of course, Avatar went on to gross over $2 billion and become the most uh, successful film of all time. And they, the story calculated that Matt Damon would have earned $250 million if he took that deal <laughs> to star. Um, and of course he turned it down. So in a recent interview with BBC, James Cameron was asked about this and he just said he's beating himself up over it. Matt, you're kind of like one of the biggest movie stars of the world, so get over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. At the end of this press tour, we need to make like a um, James Cameron supercut. Yes, He's what saying is some he wild saying? Shit. What is he saying? Is he on something? I don't is know. Is this just his personality? It's just his personality. I think. Remember the whole King I of the World like... thing at the Oscars twenty years ago, no. twenty five years ago. 
Oh yeah, I remember twenty five okay. years well, ago I, when when Titanic um, won a bunch of Oscars. He on the Oscar stage, he stood up there. He said, "I'm the king of the world," just like Jack Ooh. did in the movie. He just <laughs> does shit like that. <laughs> he just and all the things he was saying about Marvel, you know, like in the press store before he was like, ah, "Yeah, it's shit. like what? Why <laughs> like, did you have okay. to say that? Shut up!" <laughs> yeah, and so he's he's being kind of wild. Yeah, someone needs to take him off the mic. Put somebody else on, please. I also saw this clip because, um, you know, China does the most sometimes, especially in terms of like film premieres and events. And the Avatar 2 premiere in China, which he was at, there's this clip where they had like a, this whole dolphin show. They had a tank with dolphins and lights and shit and just craziness. Live animals? And it's, yes. And Cameron's in the background standing with a bunch of people. And it's just so funny because people in the comments were like, he's just straight up standing there when he wrote this movie about like environmental consciousness and how everything's connected and we should be nicer to the earth. And these dolphins have probably been like starved to perform and shit like that. And he's just standing there like. He also, <laughs> I feel like he probably doesn't give a fuck. I saw somebody on Twitter saying that, that we should boycott Avatar because he said something about like indigenous people and how they could have fought harder or something like that. Excuse me? Actually, I shouldn't yes. be surprised. I, I shouldn't be surprised. I don't know. All I'm I'm prepping for all the dreadlocks I'm going to be seeing tonight on like yeah. white people and pseudo white people, which still makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Like all of a sudden Drake has dreads and it's like, yeah, you transitioned to your avatar body, but like you're still a white <laughs> actor. And then his the other guy like Spider, who's like an actual human who has dreads. I don't know. I think that's a strange story and i bet you that the hairdressers or costume designer is not a black person which does, wouldn't Probably make it okay not. but um yeah he's weird he's a weird man and we only have to tolerate him every now and then because he takes forever to make films so <laughs> literally but very strange anyway that's all i have for entertainment wow all right well i have a little bit more juice for pop culture a little bit more um, juice <laughs> okay <laughs> um okay so first i have a story about justin bieber which but also this kind of made me laugh so okay mm, where's my note here it is okay so on monday justin bieber posted an instagram story and said i didn't approve any of the merch collection that they put up at h&m dot 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 all without my permissions and approval smh i wouldn't buy it if i were you and then um, he put in another one, the H&M merch they made of me is trash and I didn't approve it. Don't buy it. <laughs> I'm looking at it now and honestly, it kind of is trash. Yeah. Like, okay, what that's is what I this? put in my comment too. So then an, a spokesperson for H&M um, refuted Justin Bieber's claims and said that they, as with all other licensed products and partnerships, H&M followed proper approval procedures out of respect for the collaboration. And Justin Bieber, we have removed the garments from our stores and online. Uh but yeah, I was looking at it. I was like, well, how bad is it? And I, even just like the first few slides, like these sweaters with just like pictures of him. He looks bad. I mean, he just I don't know if that's what he looks like now, but <laughs> he looks like Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> Like and Eminem's like blonde era, and then like the "I miss you more than life" yeah, quote they like, splashed the hell over. Is that? It and looks this, bad. This phone case is atrocious. Who would? Is this a phone case? Is that what that is? 
I think stickers. So. I don't know. That I don't know. Bad. It does look bad. It's really ugly. So yeah, don't. I mean, you can't buy it now, but if you bought that, mm, it's funny because now that's probably like those are going to sell for oodles of dollars on like Poshmark on or eBay. something. The people that actually bought them because now they're like limited edition. But it's funny because yeah. I bet you like. I bet he probably didn't personally okay this. His lawyer no, probably did. No, but does did. he ever? Yeah, I was going to say, have you ever personally so, okayed anything? He probably yeah. just hated it and was like, why did you guys okay that? <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> That's gross. <funny. clears throat> okay, now this is like really the hottest story I feel like of the last like day or two. Have you seen this New York <laughs> yes. Magazine Nepo Baby cover? Yes. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So everybody's been talking about this on um on Twitter now. And there's like a lot of funny tweets but I just think it's funny too how they go in to like explain why this person, like some people are considered Nepo babies and some of them are like a little ridiculous. <laughs> like not that Timothy Chalamet probably didn't get ahead because he, you know, like has connections, but like the fact that they put in here, um, nephew of the creator of Party of Five and the director of Leprechaun 2. <laughs> <laughs> Like using the most obscure examples <laughs> for why these people are nepo babies, but then the tweets are really funny. Like they put that picture of Ben Platt crying <laughs> in Dervin Hansen, and it says Ben Platt when he finds out about the New York Magazine nepo baby cover. <laughs> um, what else is a good one? Hold on. No, I'm looking at them now. <laughs> this they one of Bradley funny. Cooper with that fake ass baby. <laughs> he says, Please, sir, my nepo baby. She's hungry. Wait, no, I love this one. A little insensitive to have this nepo baby discourse so close to the birthday of the original nepo baby. In parentheses, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. Someone said, I'm a nepo baby back in my hometown because I was the mechanic's daughter. That means something <laughs> over there. Trust me. <laughs> And also this cover is hilarious to me. I just love whoever pitched putting like these paparazzi photos of them onto literal babies' bodies <laughs> is so funny to me. And then the the headline, she has her mother's eyes and agent. Like they kind of slayed with this. I think it's very they funny. Did. Oh, and then another good tweet. Hold on, this is my last one, is like that picture of George Bush finding out about 9-11 and they put in the caption, they're calling you a Nepo baby, sir. <laughs> Oh my god how do you feel about nepo babies i think i think it's like it's i i mean i don't care, like i don't mind calling people a nepo baby like i feel like for them to get offended for being called nepo babies is stupid because it's like you can't deny that like your name or like who your parents are or who like the people in your family didn't give you connections but I feel like that that shouldn't like discredit the person's talent or the person's work. You know, like I feel like these people, some of these people are actually talented, but it's like, don't sit here and tell me that I had to work twice as hard. It's like, OK, <laughs> be proud of that. Why are you mad? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing when they get offended. It makes me irrationally angry because I'm just like, come on, be fucking for real and just acknowledge right. it. Just acknowledge it or be like, yeah, my mom is um. Uh, you know whoever my mom is but you know i still did this this and this and it's like okay yeah great you don't have to sit there and tell me yeah. i'm wrong like you didn't you didn't make the choice to be born to the parents you have and obviously i'm not expecting you to not take advantage of the advantage if you want it right. i think it bothers me more um like i hate nepotism 
like within companies. So if a parent specifically brings in their kid and they rise through the ranks faster than anyone else in the company, mm-hmm. I worked at one where this happened. Um, oh. That's when it gets annoying. Cause it's like, first of all, your parents should not be your supervisor. That's bias. No, that's weird. And second of all, it's just, I don't know. It's just not fair. So that bothers me. And obviously it happens a lot in Hollywood. Uh, and it's just, well, Hollywood is already all about connections. Right. So Neville babies annoy me. Like the, I just think nepotism in general really frustrates me. Oh, totally. I, I wish we were, it's never going to happen. I wish we were more of a meritocracy based society than we are. Uh, I hate this whole, like, all it's all on who you know thing. Uh, like even when it comes to applying to jobs and stuff like that. But yeah, don't get offended by it. Come on. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. annoying. Don't be blamed. <laughs> yeah. The only person who should get offended by it is Ben Platt. You want him to get offended? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Which he's always offended. He's offended people don't like his stupid movie. (laughs) No, it's funny, though, because his dad produced Dear Evan Hansen for him and, like, cast him in that, fully thinking they were going to eat that shit up, and then it flopped critically and financially. If anything, that did worse for the movie. He should have just not cast Ben Platt, and maybe his movie would have done better. Yeah, how about don't cast a 30-year-old to play a teenager? (laughs) literally. Anyway. Okay, last story from pop culture is about ASAP Rocky and Rihanna's baby. So if you may have noticed earlier this week, Rihanna posted a TikTok captioned simply hacked with a super cute little video of her baby. Um, And then later new photos um, appeared on Hollywood Unlocked of their baby. And then later paparazzi photos of the family in Malibu appeared um, from the paparazzi. And so CEO of Hollywood Unlocked, Jason Lee, took to Twitter and claimed that the timing of all of this was not a coincidence. (laughs) Um, But basically that Rihanna released the images in response to unauthorized paparazzi pictures, which, of course, paparazzi added again, ruining shit. Um, He said in his tweet, since the new photos of ASAP and Rihanna's baby is out, let me tell you how this happened. Yesterday, she FaceTimed me to tell me that paparazzi took unauthorized photos of their baby and planned to release them. So she said, if anyone was going to put it out there, she wanted it to be me. She wanted black media, in all caps, to be the one to do it since she wasn't going to be given the choice. He continued in a follow-up tweet. So, yeah. Um, I feel like, I don't know, paparazzi are just getting more and more aggressive about like taking pictures of people's kids. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think we've talked about this and it's like I I'm firmly split on this because I think that if you are a celebrity and you're famous and you make a bunch of money for what you do, I think paparazzi is just like part of it and you just have to accept it. But at the same time, I think that some of the practices they engage with and how they get the photos can be really aggressive sometimes. Uh, you know, sometimes I've seen clips of paparazzi like saying hi good morning and they're just taking pictures and then other times it's like shut the fuck up (laughs) well other times it's like they're literally causing people's deaths like in the case of princess die some people might refute that as a conspiracy but you know what i I would say it's not a conspiracy yeah um yeah and when i feel like i don't know at the same time like these people i'm yes they're famous and yes they are subjecting themselves to a certain level of popularity and like having their 
lives just kind of be different because of that. But at the same time, I feel like if a parent asks you not to take photos of their child who literally can't consent to being photographed, like that's really fucked up to still post pictures of a child. Yeah, that's um, true. And like um, someone, I saw a video of Julia Fox actually out and she was like getting her like paparazzi was like swarming her and she asked them like can you not take pictures of my like i'm with my son and she said if you want i will schedule time later to come out just myself and you can take pictures of just me but please don't take pictures of me when i'm with my son and i was like oh okay queen <laughs> also let's tell it like it is i don't really understand paparazzi photos like like who are there people that look at these? Like, if you want to see pictures of a famous person you like, why wouldn't you just go to their Instagram or something? I, I don't understand the allure of, like, we caught Jake Gyllenhaal drinking a coffee on the sidewalk. Like, what's the point of that? Well, actually, I'll tell you. I learned this um, from watching a little oh, yes. something, something on Netflix this Please week. Please, illuminate me. So the really big thing is that, like, it's not necessarily about the photos. I mean, it is. it gets a process. It's like a, it's like a food chain. So the paparazzi, the actual photographers, I would say, are at the bottom. They're trying to get, like, the best pictures in the best scenario so that they can sell the pictures to a publication to make the most money off of their picture. And the publication wants to have the most, like, exclusivity of, like, these photographs so that they can sell advertisements. <laughs> I guess so, but I just still don't think that answer is who's looking at these. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, people will, and mm. that's what gets people to buy ads. Hey, if you're What's listening and you and you love looking at these weird paparazzi photos, please tell us why. Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cost you, but I'm just genuinely curious, like why you would want to look at those. Also, I feel but. like it's one thing to see a posed photograph of your favorite celebrity, and I will say, yes, yeah, social media has made this a lot easier for it to become more accessible. But I feel like what people want is or at least some people, what the people that look at these want is to see celebrities like quote in the wild. And like, that's what this is. Like they're catching mm. celebrities actually acting like humans. And that's like strange to people because we only ever see them like in posed photographs, you know, on the red carpet, like yeah, in that's film and movie, but it's like, Oh, these are actual people. And that like, it's kind of like freaky to see them just like live their lives. That's true. I suppose so. Also, I did see this TikTok of the baby and super cute. Yeah, that's a really cute baby. That baby that got that baby. Fenty forehead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, are we that's doing media moment? That's all our story. Yeah. It's time for the media moment. Okay, well, you are going first. <laughs> okay my media moment is harry and megan on netflix because volume two came out a couple days ago and my family and i binged all of it oh no <laughs> um so and as you guys know last week or when they released the first volume i watched the first three <laughs> sorry <clears throat> i watched okay. the first three episodes on my own and i said i don't know if i talked about it it wasn't my media moment but um, just briefly, the first three episodes were really sweet. They were really focused on like how Harry and Megan met each other and like the preparations for their wedding. And actually, that was the most of like the story that I didn't know was how they met and like how they kind of started dating. 
because I actually didn't even know they were really together until they got engaged. And I feel like a lot of people didn't really. And they did that on purpose. Um, but they actually met on Instagram, which is really cute. Wait, like, like who DM too? So Megan didn't have an Instagram, but her friend posted like a Snapchat picture of them, like with the dog filter. And Harry DM'd her friend and was like, who is that? And so Aww. she was like, oh, hey, my friend messaged me and thinks that you're cute and wants your number. Like, can I give it to him? And Megan was like, well, who's your friend? And she's like, oh, it's Prince Harry. Could you imagine? <laughs> I know. I would be like, ah, give me that. Give that motherfucker my number right now. <laughs> um, so she was like, yeah, I guess. And they just were messaging. And then she ended up in the UK and they were like, yeah, let's meet up. And they met up for one, like one quick little hour long date. And then the next day they met up for another date. And after that, they were like, are we going to do this? And then they were like, yeah. And I was like, wow, imagine it being that easy. <laughs> are you kidding? So that made me really depressed. Um, <laughs> don't even get me started. Like, seriously, what the fuck? I will talk to a guy for literally a month and they'll be like, yeah, I I'm not trying to be in a relationship. Okay, <laughs> fuck you. Anyway, then um, volume two goes on the talk, like starts with their wedding. And um, I, of course, you didn't know me then, but <laughs> I, my roommate and I were so excited for this wedding. We got up <laughs> early as fuck to watch it. And we sat there on, on like in our pajamas, had our coffee watching the wedding on TV. And we were like, <laughs> it was beautiful i remember it very well loved the wedding i cried during the episode because i was like these fuckers love each other it's so cute wait how long were they dating before they got married i don't actually know um... <laughs> <laughs> i saw that I yeah i was saw... gonna say <laughs> I was mocking your coughing and then all of a sudden I just hawked mucus onto my microphone. That's cute. Let me just wipe that off. Yeah, super <laughs> disgusting. Um anyway, I I I don't remember, but not okay. that long. Literally, it couldn't have been more than two years, if that. Um yeah, so they got married and it was really sweet. I cried. And then they started to dig into like what ha what happened, you know? <laughs> Um, and the recurring theme throughout is that like the we're as we were just talking about the paparazzi is vicious and especially in the UK, the paparazzi is vicious and racist. Mm -hmm. um, so even when they first started dating, they would like swarm at the time Megan was living in um, Canada. And so they would like they found out where she lived. So they would like camp, <laughs> camp out of her house. They would pay her neighbors to put cameras facing towards her house. Oh, my gosh. They would like harass her mom. Um, and so there was that drama. And so then they were dealing with that, just like how the presence of the paparazzi was really annoying. And Harry's like particularly sensitive about it because of course what happened with his mom. Yeah. Um, and so he was just like really bothered by it, but like they're, the family has always just been like, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. Um, so they would ignore it. And then really what, what like the turning point was at least for like the two of them was when, um, because <clears throat> if you don't know, Megan had a falling out with her dad right before the wedding because he was posing uh for fake paparazzi photos and like like taking money from the paparazzi and posing different photos. Mm -mm -mm. And so she 
tried contacting him before the wedding and was like, Dad, why are you doing this? Like, you shouldn't be doing, like, don't take these people's money. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. And things just kind of got fucked up. Um, and they had a falling out. And she basically lost her dad, which was really upsetting because um, her and her dad were, like, super, super close up until that point. And she didn't have her dad to walk her down the aisle at her wedding. <laughs> so then... There was still like this ongoing discourse with her dad. So she turned to like other senior members of the of the royal family and was like, what do you guys think I should do about this? And they advised her to write him a letter. And so she did. But she was like, I obviously can't just like send him a letter and put it in the mail like it would it would get intercepted for sure. So she sent it to her manager in Los Angeles and had her manager deliver it to him. I believe he was in Mexico. And she never she never heard back from him didn't know if he got it or not and then she saw the letter in the daily mail and they had posted it but redacted parts of it to basically <sighs> manipulate the narrative of what the letter actually said quit your coffee so, sorry okay edit it out Jesus. drink some h2o i ran out oh. um <clears throat> so i'm almost done so the turning <laughs> point then was when that letter became public she was like um that's illegal so they asked the family, like, can we please take these people to court finally? And like, we're going to beat them like this can be the end of it. And the family said no. And so then Harry was like, no, we're like, no. So he they sought outside legal counsel, like legal counsel outside of the lawyers that they have for the royal family and decided to take the the mail to court like on the on their own. And um, they won a. Uh, the judge like ruled in Megan's favor a, a first time and then <clears throat> the male appealed because they were like um, they had they called a witness that was at the time Harry and Meg at one point he was Harry and Megan's assistant but when he like oh no I'm losing you Will oh no I'm losing Ely came forward hold on can you hear me oh my god wait can you hear me now i can okay i was like i thought you were just really engaged in my <laughs> no that was weird that was weird that never happens to us but you just completely like paused but oh, i can hear okay. you now so where did i leave off uh they they ruled the first time the judge ruled for Megan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then the male appealed because they had a witness that worked for William, Harry's brother, came forward and said that he had text messages from Megan where in the text messages she said that she wrote the letter about the letter where she she mentioned um there's a possibility that this could be leaked. <clears throat> and the male thought that like that was going to save them, but it didn't. The judge still ruled in Megan's favor. And so that was like a really big case um, that they won against the pop, like against the paparazzi. Um, and so that was kind of like where they were like, okay, this is a big deal. But another big deal was that they just wanted to get away. Like they didn't want to live in the UK anymore. They wanted to live in Canada. So they, they brought up to the family that they would step away from their Royal duties <clears throat> in the United Kingdom, but still, um, you know, do work on behalf of the queen in the, for the British consort in Canada, <clears throat> but be financially independent. And they, I guess they had a problem with that. So they were like, okay, well, we're leaving. So, <laughs> wow. and now they live in the US. It's a lot of other things. Also, like 
they lived in Tyler Perry's house and I they had never even met Tyler Perry before they moved into his house. Like he just really was like, come live with me. <laughs> um huh. yeah, lots of stuff. And then the the Oprah interview that was explosive. Apparently there was like a text that they got from William afterwards that they didn't show on the cameras, but seemed to be interesting. That scallywag. Ugh, Prince yeah, William. William. That's why he's fucking bald. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of interested in at least trying out the series just to learn more because I feel like I don't actually know much about them. They're really cute. But I actually didn't know it. that much about Harry. He actually really spends a lot of time, has spent a lot of one of the first things they did as a couple is they like went camping in Africa for like a month. Um, that yeah. was like when they first met. Yeah. And Harry like does used to do that like all the time. Like he spent a lot of his time in Africa. So he's like, you know, I'm rocking with Mark because Mark is rocking with us. I'm rocking with Harry. <laughs> I feel like Harry's cool. Um, you yeah. seen that clip of Harry where he's like doing an interview uh, <laughs> at like the British like I know exactly Air Force Base or something. And then an alarm sounds and he like immediately rips his mic off and goes running. <laughs> There's something the about that, that video. Gay Twitter has done with that video. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. But I love Harry. Yeah, he's great. And I love how he has really taken accountability for how, like, he used to be and he, how he, like, acknowledges that he was not good and that he has learned a lot and changed. And the fact that he's, like, tried to encourage other members of his family to do the same and they just won't. Boo. Boo. Tomato, tomato, tomato. Oh, it's yeah, tomato. Harry's Sorry. Tomato. Yeah. <laughs> tomato. Um, get out. <laughs> But yeah, sorry, that was really long-winded, but I fucking love yeah, Harry and fuck? Megan, and no. this was really great. It was actually short-winded because you were running out of breath the whole time. Ugh, I know, I'm still running out of breath, so please take over. Okay, so um, oh, my media moment is a book, actually. And I've referenced this book a couple of times throughout the pod. It's one I've been reading all fucking year. It's called A Little Life by Hanya Yanagahara. And I'm not actually done with it, which I know some of you might be like, whoa, you're you're not. I thought this meant that you were done with it. OK, here's the thing. I have 40 pages left. OK, I'm so close. And I just have, believe it or not, it's because of my Detroit trip. I have not consumed a lot of media. This is the only piece of media I've consumed in the last week. So wow. I literally have nothing else to talk about except for this book. And I figure since wow. I'm so close to the end, I could talk about it and I could basically give my review so to speak. I am going to finish it and reach my goal of finishing it by the end of the year. I have 10 more days. That's good. So it's going to happen. But um, for those of you who don't know, it's basically like a decade spanning book revolving around four friends, Jude, who's a lawyer, uh, Willem, who is an actor, Malcolm, who's an architect, and JB, who's an artist. But really it centers around Jude, the lawyer, and his, let's say, tough life. Uh, and it is, you know, little life, big book, because it's 850 pages long. <laughs> and the reason why I'm, I mean, obviously, I, I don't struggle with reading, but I'm just not an avid reader. And so 815 pages was already a task. But then like, when you make it one of the most sad books of all time, it makes it really hard to get through. Hence why it's taken me literally all year. I started it in January, because I've taken like breaks. There have been Parts of it I've consumed, like there have been 150 page chunks I've read in like a week and then I'll stop reading it for a month and then I'll come back to it because 
okay, basically here's how I feel about this book. It is beautifully written. It is a very beautifully written piece of fiction. Uh, someone on TikTok actually, uh, it's, uh, TikTok is crazy by the way. I didn't search anything and I got a little life TikTok a couple days ago. It's like they knew I was coming to the end of the book. It was a book review. Very. I don't know. It's crazy. But anyway, um, they said that she has a talent for writing fiction that is kind of like a non-chronological memory bank. So generally, we are moving forward in time, but there will be a bunch of asides about like a memory from the character's life. And they were saying that she's really good at that, which I do agree with. It's just really well written. However... Here's my caveat with this book. And for the next like two minutes, I am going to give a spoiler warning. I'm not going to mention characters' names and like which events happen to people kind of, but I just want to say that the thing with this book is it's like, it comes across as a huge trauma dump and almost to the point where it feels like unrealistic. Like I get it. People have hard lives, but Jude literally like he's, orphaned he grows up in his early years in a monastery where the brothers are mean to him and they beat him and then one of the brothers uh takes him away and sells him into child prostitution for years and then when he's finally gets out of that because the brother is um arrested he lives in a home where he's also sexually assaulted and raped by the people in the home and he gets out of the home and because Basically, all he knows is prostitution. He gets back into that on the road as he's trying to cross the country. And then he falls asleep on a tree one day and he wakes up in some guy's basement who's picked him up and starts raping him and assaulting him. And then when he escapes that guy, he runs him over, which gives him an injury that affects him for the rest of his life. So that all happens in Jude's like childhood years, which seems like kind of ridiculous, right? And then, you know, he goes to college and, and whatever, but then like more trauma happens and he's cutting all throughout the book. There's a suicide attempt. The love of his life dies in a horribly tragic way. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. And it's like, I'm just getting to the point where, like I said, only 40 pages left, but I'm like, this is getting to the point where it's unrealistic. There's no way an actual human would go through all of this. And it just comes across as a device on the author's part to really hammer home the theme, which is like, we get it. Like trauma fucks people up. We get it. It's just a lie. I think you could have cut out like three of these life events from Jude and I would have gotten the same meaning and it would have felt a little bit more like realistic. I, I don't know. It's just, I get that some people love this and I think it's a masterpiece, but I can't quite say that just because of that level of, extremism in the book it just gets repetitive it really does uh and i think this stretch of the book is one of the most difficult because it's basically just been 100 pages this is post the death of the love of his life it's very repetitively just like oh i wish i was gone should have been me blah blah, blah. i'm sad oh i'm pushing everyone away from me blah, blah blah and yes like i'm sure that's very devastating but reading 100 pages of that of him just pushing people away from him. And then the inner monologue being like, oh, why did I do that? Oh, I should apologize. It's just too much. So I would describe this book as beautifully <laughs> written, but too much. If it were 500 pages, 
with the same writing quality and the characterization, which is really good. I feel like these characters are real people. Um, I will say that. Hmm. But if it were 300 pages shorter, I might love it more. But I'm just kind of ready for it to be over. And I know Nick feels the same way because we're reading this book at the same time. And he just got to this point. He's also a faster reader than me. He got to this point where he was like, I need to finish. I'm just so over it. I just need to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of like that. And I'm I'm just like, you know, it's just too much. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. But, Y'all need to uh, read a happier book next year. You should read the Heartstopper series next year or something. Um, I've already done that. <laughs> um, oh, shit. Well, it's it's those are graphic novels. They're not books. I know that there are books um, written that's by her. Books. Yeah, but no, I've I've read them through twice actually. I read them through oh on God. the webcomic and then I bought the paperbacks and I read them. So that's that was that's actually why you couldn't finish this no, book. No, no, for real. A break I took, one of my long breaks, I spent reading Heartstopper, the paperbacks I got. Um okay. but no, I think well, it's funny. Nick was Nick was uh I think he actually wants to do it, but we love Bethany Frankel she's fucking hilarious mm-hmm. and she wrote a fiction book called skinny dipping Ooh. which he's been joking like we should read but i have books like i've actually bought and i could read so i'm looking back at my shelf um oh i was thinking about reading the song of achilles which is like that gay book everyone talks about about like the mm. like queering the myth of achilles and whatnot so I thought about reading that because, you know, I only read queer stuff and it's a lot shorter and probably happier. So, yeah, we'll see. But just generally, I think I need a book break after finishing this because it's just been too much. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, that, it, it does. It, that feels like a lot. I don't know if I could if I could do it. So but I, I commend you for getting so close to finishing. Thank you. It'll happen soon. So anyway, I guess that brings us to the end of this episode. It's been short. I think it's going to be less than an hour. That's big for wow. us. That is big for us. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> um, so next week, we're not going to be releasing an episode. So sorry about that, but enjoy your holidays. And then let's see. Let me look at my little calendar. On January 6th. Oh, God. Wait, no. January 5th. No. January 6th. Oh my god! Oh, it's not. I'm looking at 2022. God oh damn it! Oh my god! January 6th is a January, Friday. January 5th. Uh, we're gonna be doing our super mega media moment 2022 edition. So stay tuned for that. Why are you making that face? Cause that was very crazy. I, well, I opened my calendar app, and I for some reason it shot me back to January 2022. And anyway, so yes, look look forward to that. We will not be doing books this year but we're still doing all the film tv and music our favorites from this year so that'll be our next episode making my list oh girl i'm on my list it is good to go and can be amended if necessary based on the final like three or four films i have to watch okay i Um, feel like i haven't seen that much this year so hey it's okay I well, I don't like, know. I watched some yeah. good TV. Yeah, yeah I think like you've been on TV and like, yeah, you definitely. I'm doing. I'm doing a top five TV shows. I feel like you definitely have enough to make a top five. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, anyway, anyway, come back for that. I I had a lot of fun doing that last year, so I'm excited for this year, especially since I've seen a lot more this year than last year. Oh jeez. Yeah. But anyway, have a good night. Anyway. 
Yeah. Have a good night. We'll see you then. And uh, Merry Kwanzaa Christmas, Hanukkah. Happy holidays. How about you say that? Happy holidays. Yes. And we'll wish you a happy new year in the next episode. Happy new year. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye.